Convicted and Convinced, a message from God's Word for you. And now, here's Dr. Dan Gerard. Today, I am beginning a three-part sermon series on the subject of stewardship. What is stewardship? The definition from the dictionary, the conducting, supervising, or managing of something especially the care and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. Let me repeat that. Stewardship is the conducting, supervising, or managing of something, especially the care and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. The Scripture foundation for this sermon series is 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 10. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, and underscore the section, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As a general rule, when we think of stewardship, in the Christian context, we think of money. But stewardship involves much more because stewardship involves our time, our talents, and our treasure. In this session today, we're going to focus on stewardship involving our time And as we do so, we must acknowledge in the very beginning that there is nothing we can do about the past and how you and I used our yesterdays. But as Christians, aspiring to be good stewards of the manifold grace of God, there is much you and I can do about the present and about the future. Benjamin Franklin is reported to have said and written, Dost thou love life? Then do not squander time, for time is the stuff life is made of. I can still remember reading that as a young teenager just beginning my journey with Jesus. And it made a tremendous impact in my mind and in my heart. And so all of my life, I have been very conscious of time. My dad died when I was very young, and my stepdad was a former Marine, and he instilled in us five boys the importance of being on time. In fact, he said, boys... If you're on time, you're already late. We left early for everything. Time is the stuff life is made of. Every one of us have been given the same amount of time in each day, 1,440 seconds. 
and how you and I use our minutes. How you and I use these minutes reveal the real us. You see, what counts is not so much the number of minutes in each day, 1,440, but what really counts is what you and I put into each of these minutes. The time of past cannot be altered, but the present and the future is very important because you and I still have the power of influence. Today indeed is the first day of the rest of our lives. In James chapter 4, verses 13 through 15, the practical apostle was inspired to pen words that were worthy for that generation and are worthy for our life journey today as we aspire to be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Listen carefully. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that you ought to say and underscore, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. This is the prevailing attitude of good stewards of the manifold grace of God regarding time. And so, with this prevailing attitude anchored in our minds and in our hearts, I want us to take serious note of a few principles that will equip us and enable us to be the very best good stewards that we can be of our time. First of all, we must understand, we must accept, and we must put into practice that tomorrow will be God's just as yesterday was God's and just as today is God's. All time belongs to God. God is the master of time. And no day has ever been proven to be more than a master for Him because He is the master of all time. The events of today and the events of tomorrow may be hidden from our view, but they're always open to the eyes of the master, the creator of time. The prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 46 in verses 9 and 10 left us the testimony of God Himself. Listen intently. I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, 
from ancient times the things that are not yet done. God is the master of all time. And as we believe and as we practice the truth that our Heavenly Father is the same today as He was yesterday, and He will be the same tomorrow as He is today, we are on the path of being good stewards of the manifold grace of God relative to time that has been loaned to us. Next, secondly, we must understand, we must accept, and we must put into practice that tomorrow will be the product of our today. May I repeat that? Tomorrow will be the product of our today. President, what does this mean? It simply means that tomorrow will be the outflow of our today. There is a biblical and a natural physical principle concerning sowing and reaping that is very applicable to this. It's Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. Whatsoever a man, whatsoever a woman, whatsoever a young person soweth, that shall he or she also reap. Recently, I heard a report that we as a nation are, f- are facing a, prudential, a potential epidemic of diabetes in the next few years. Now, this was not new news to me because I have seen this and I have taught this for many years. Why should you and I exercise? Why should you and I practice good eating habits? Why? The answer is very simple, to be healthier tomorrow. It may astound some of you to, to, to learn that two-thirds of the population of the United States of America is overweight. One-third of our population is obese right now, today. And so, if this is true right now today, what does this indicate about the product of tomorrow? My brothers and sisters, we reap what we sow. And if today you and I invest in honest effort, if today we invest in sincerity of purpose, if today we invest in uprightness of heart, if today we invest in devout confidence in God, all of these things will bear a natural fruit in our tomorrows. Today alone is ours. And during this day, we are to live in such a way as good stewards of the manifold grace of God so that tomorrow will be easier. You see, the faithful carrying out of the duties, the privileges, 
the responsibilities of today is the best preparation we can make for tomorrow. Next, thirdly, we must understand. We must accept. We must put into practice that today and tomorrow will contain unique challenges unto themselves. Difficulties, disappointments, opposition, burdens, they are all universal experiences. None of us can escape them. But just as they come with challenges, they are also conditions that can produce strength, that can produce wisdom, that can produce character. But having said that, you and I must not allow Satan to trick us, to trick us into carrying over our troubles of today into tomorrow before tomorrow gets here. And we must not reach forward and collect cares and liabilities of tomorrow and add them to the burdens of today. Why? Because if we do this, it can lead to ulcers. I know that for a fact. My dad died of bleeding ulcers. He died because he was a chronic worrier. He died because he was always anticipating in a negative what tomorrow might bring. It can lead to depression. I know this for a fact. Because in the late 1990s, I went through a serious period of depression. Because I reached forward and brought burdens from tomorrow and placed them in my today then. It can lead to anxiety attacks. On and on and on the list goes. Do you remember what Jesus forecast would be one of the major contributing factors that would cause the hearts of men and women to fail in the last days? Do you remember? Listen, Luke 21 and verse 26. Men's hearts failing. And as if someone were about to ask Jesus why. Why will this take place in the last days? He said, men's hearts failing for fear. And underscore. And looking after those things which are coming on the earth. My brothers and sisters. Just like today, tomorrow does not have to be faced all at once. The difficulties of each and every second have to be faced as they arrive. And every second can also bring with it the quota of strength. 
I don't know if you realize it and understand it or not, but God does not give His children all the directions for their life journey at once. And I have asked God on occasion, why, God? And I'm convicted in my intellect, and I'm convinced in my emotions that God has chosen not to give us all the directions for our life journey at once, because if we did, in our finite humanity, we would become discouraged. We would become confused. But the Bible is plain to instruct that if any of us lack wisdom for today, we can ask God. And God will give to us how? He will give to us liberally. And this provision of divine wisdom will enhance our ability to be good stewards of the manifold grace of God in relation to our time. Finally, we must understand, we must accept, and we must put into practice that today's and tomorrow's strength will be provided as needed. You see, there will be strength imparted for our present need. Matthew chapter 8, uh, pardon me, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 34. Listen to what flowed from the gracious lips of Christ. Danny, take therefore no thought, or do not fret for the morrow, and you can place your name there. And as if Danny is about to ask, well, God, why should I take no thought? Why should I not fret for tomorrow? Jesus resounded for all of time this counsel, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I particularly like the Message Translation Bible of this verse. Listen. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or, or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard times come up when the time comes. May I repeat that? Now, I'm talking to myself, but I believe that some of you will also benefit from this. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or, or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. But Pastor Dan, does this mean that, that we're not to be concerned for tomorrow? Does it mean that we're not to make provision for tomorrow? No, never. 
such an attitude as that would be a violation of Scripture and of nature because we are taught in the book of Proverbs that even the little ant prepares for tomorrow, but he's doing it today. And that is a role model that you and I should be following. So what does it mean? It means this. Anyone who neglects the present for an over-occupation with the future is acting opposite to the order of God. Anyone who neglects the present for an over-occupation with the future is acting opposite the command of Jesus. Anyone who neglects the present for an over-occupation with the future is acting opposite of the injunction of God's Holy Spirit. Listen to me, my friends. Nothing is quite as dreadful as the fears and torments that come to us on the subject of tomorrow. Sadly, some people live in horror of what may happen tomorrow. They live in horror of what may await them just around the next corner. They live in horror of, of what disappointments may be on the horizon. They live in horror of what evils may overtake them. They live in such horror of tomorrow that they cannot enjoy today. One of my favorite writers was impressed to leave us this wise counsel. It's found in Testimonies for the Church, volume 9 and page 10. We have nothing to fear for the future except as we shall forget the way the Lord has led us and His teaching in our past history. Now, don't raise your hands, but have you ever experienced on your life journey that when a particular tomorrow of arrived, the troubles you had anticipated proved to be non-existent or largely imaginary? You didn't raise your hands, but some of you are nodding your heads. You have been just as guilty as I have. You see, this has happened over and over and over again in regard to the tomorrows, not only for individuals, but for multitudes. There are too many people who permit themselves to be haunted by the ghost of tomorrow before tomorrow ever comes. But having said that, if you and I will fix our attention on certain facts, the facts of God's Word 
and what the master of time says about time, we can sing and we can shout with the man after God's own heart as he penned these words of Psalm 118 and verse 24. This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Do you know that little course? Do you remember how God provided for the children of Israel as they walked through the wilderness toward the promised land? God gave them manna daily, and they accepted that supply and benefited from it. One day at a time, one day at a time, one day at a time. When I was a young lad growing up, we used to sing a little song in the church that was my home church. And the chorus of it goes like this. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. God is holding your hand right now, today. And because of that, you and I can be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Dr. Dan Gerard is the pastor of University Parkway Seventh-day Adventist Church in Pensacola, Florida. Our weekly podcasts are recorded every Saturday morning. Bible study begins at 9.30. The sermon begins at 11. You are invited to join us. We live stream the 11 o'clock service. You can catch that broadcast at our website, universitypkwy.org or at Livestream. A library of previous messages is available on our YouTube channel and on our website. Thank you for listening.